sweet. We made it. We figured it out. Yeah, there was like an update, and I think I was like, yeah, do the update. And then it's like, do you want to restart? And I was like, nah. And that was a bad choice. <laughs> the beauty of it, technology. I'm in it, Oregon. It, Paul's in the Jefferson State, and Taylor's in Arizona. Is my baby mm -hmm. swing loud, by the way? It is. It yeah. is. Uh, it sounds like an ice cream truck. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you introduce Taylor, and I'm gonna turn that down. Okay. All right. So you guys have been asking us for more guests. So we got right on top of that. Uh, so this week we have Taylor Hunt, who is a 2019 grad from OHSU. And she, I'm going to get this wrong, Taylor, because I always do. I'm pretty sure she has a practice in Snowflake, Arizona. And if you've never heard of that, neither have we. Um, but we're here to hear her journey today. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get that right? It really Snowflake yeah. Arizona. Yep, Snowflake oh. Arizona. Tell us about Snowflake. Um, it is a pretty small town. Um, there's actually a neighboring town just adjacent to it that's actually named Taylor, which is super confusing. Um, but between Snowflake and Taylor, there's about ten to twelve thousand people. Nice. So that's about the same size yeah. as uh, Primeville, where I'm at. Yeah, it's not bad. Not is huge. there a lot it's of about, or is it? Yeah, so there are. I don't think I have good enough service. Yeah. Can you guys hear You're me? Here now. Yeah, I can hear you. I was just about to say that Snowflake is a town in Navajo County, Arizona, the United States. It was founded in 1878 by Arustus <laughs> Snow and William Jordan Flake. And that's why it's called Snowflake. Yeah, so we perfect. actually don't get that much snow. Huh. Which so the is fun really thing, disappointing. The fun thing, Taylor, is whenever stuff like that happens, Paul just cuts it out. So it's not really a big deal. Dude, you I haven't edited this thing in like a year. <laughs> I am getting in my car to drive somewhere where I should have better service. Oh, <laughs> look how dedicated Taylor is to Paul hearing her voice. I try that. <laughs> no uh, guarantees. It is snowflake, so it is snowflake. <laughs> where where the cell phones aren't priority. It says snowflake has been noted on lists of unusual place names. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You're fine. No, no worries. I can hear you now. <laughs> Is down in like a low. When we uh, when we did this with Ian, he had to like go drive his truck out to like the end of his field and sit on it. To <laughs> yeah, because he was oh, perfect. So Ian was... and I are the same. Great. <laughs> yeah, we'll see who gets the we'll, we'll see who gets more listener mail when this is done. <laughs> yeah, he's actually so our highest ep rated episode. Weirdly. Oh, nice. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I still <laughs> yeah. haven't listened to one. You really don't have to. I don't think Ryan has either. Uh, no, I've, I, I, I have actually listened to a couple, and uh, my wife listens to them every week, and so is my mother-in-law. So. Oh, that's wow. weird. 
Yeah, that's where, where my wife gets most of her information about the practices from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's try this. All right, you sound nice and crystal clear now. I have a Agreed. lot better bars. Nice. Okay, um, you want to start all of, over? Are there bars in Snowflake? Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. LTE bars. <laughs> LTE there's, bars. There's only two bars in Snowflake. Okay. Like drinking bars. Is that what you're asking yeah. about? Yeah. 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 Is um, there one so, for like for Mr. Flake and one for Mr. Snow? No, like <laughs> no <bars>. Mr. <laughs> Flake and Mr. Snow are very dead, and they were very Mormon. <laughs> so no, no bars. No for, bars for the snow. There's soda bars. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right, so Taylor, I think that we we got an intro there. We'll see if Paul cuts it or not, or if it's if it's just you okay. uh, cutting out. But uh, why don't you tell us about your your journey after dental school and how you ended up in in Snowflake? Yeah, so um, I think the day after graduation, we my husband and I we moved to Birmingham, Alabama, and I did an AEGD residency at. University of Alabama, Birmingham, VA. And so that started pretty quickly after um, dental school. So we moved there quick and it started pretty quick and hit the ground running. Awesome. Um, how we haven't had a, I don't, Paul, have we had anyone on here who's done an AEGD? No, I don't think we have. I think GPR oh. was the most. Yeah. So, uh, Taylor, can you tell us about your AGD experience? Since our a lot of our listeners, Taylor, in case you don't know, are um, either uh, like in the end of their dental school career, or they are like just freshly out of school. We don't have like a lot of like twenty-year veterans to listen to this, but even if they did, I'm sure they'd be curious to know like what was an AGD like at University of Alabama Birmingham VA? If I got that right. So that was really confusing for me out of school because I thought. GPRs were all hospital-based and AEGD programs were not hospital-based, but mine was an AEGD in the VA hospital. Um, So that was a little bit weird. and I didn't understand that in the beginning, but I just think they title the program whatever they want, really. (laughs) Um, And so I chose to do a residency because I did... I didn't have a lot of direction out of dental school. I didn't know even what state I wanted to live in. I was kind of a little bit lost. And so doing another year of school made sense for me, mostly so I could figure out what I wanted and where I wanted to go. And so I did a lot of research on Dentaltown, I believe, and any other websites I could find that talked about residency programs because I wanted one that was really surgery heavy. Mm. And so... I read forums anywhere I could and just found comments from people that either they liked their residency or they didn't. And so that narrowed it down to, I think I applied to four residency programs, Um, two in Arizona, one in Alabama, Alabama. (laughs) one one in another, one somewhere else. This is comical. You know, what's interesting is uh, when I went and I did my implant training, it was out in uh, Birmingham. It was mm-hmm. really good. I still kind of want to go back and do their advanced program. 
All Sorry, right, so is you, some of what I'm saying coming through? Uh, yeah, so we got, you got two, two in Arizona, one in Alabama. One in Alabama and one in Texas. 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 Not in a state. Good old Texas. Nope. nope, one in Texas. Okay. Uh, can you tell our, our people about the experience you had here? There, you said you wanted one that had a lot of surgical exposure. So, I mean, what, what does that look like in a hospital rotation? Or hospital yeah. sorry. Yeah. You rotated through, so you had like your regular general clinic and you had your patients and that's how you kind of filtered who needed what. And then you would schedule your patients when you were on your surgery, oral surgery implant rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you used your general clinic kind of as a filter to find the case. Okay, I'm going into my office. Maybe if I go on Wi-Fi, that would be better. All right. Um, it's a good thing Snowflake isn't a big place. Oh, you're good. It's okay. It's okay. This is what Paul and I do, anyways. We just sit here and chat. So um, I know I can hear you guys the entire time, so it's funny. <laughs> so you should listen to the podcast. Uh, yeah. Cool, Paul. Well, I how is how is little Jensen doing today? Um, he's he's been a little gassy fuckwad today, mm. but he's a uh, he went down good at like his eight o'clock swing time, which used to be his seven o'clock swing time. But yeah. you know, daylight savings time, he doesn't care mm-hmm. about that. So sure, we got him in it now. So this is my hour yeah. of peace, and then probably he'll is, wake up and scream. Swing time is that like? Do you guys have uh, like a mamaru, or do you, are you just like? Is it like a manual? Yeah, you don't. He's he too little for that. We just he's got like a, like a mamaru. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's only dude, three got, months, dude. They got, it's, yeah, they got like all kinds of inserts you can put in the monorail. I don't uh, know. And when we had that fucking, you know, fucking hip dysplasia thing we were worried about. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's crazy. You know what we should have went, went into is pediatric ophthalmology. We went and we did <laughs> a, uh, you know, we took him there. They like shined a flashlight in his eyes and we're like, yeah, he's not blind. $750. Perfect. Yeah, insurance covered seventy. Seventy dollars. Seventy dollars. Yeah. So you have to pay the other seven. Uh, wait, I'm bad at math. Six eighty. Yeah, six. No, not six eighty. Six thirty. Something no. like that. The bill's over on the counter. I think it's six forty-eight for whatever it is. Because I'm, you know, we truncating uh, digits. We we still aren't done with our billing stuff from the twins being born. Oh, I can't uh, imagine. Yeah. 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 That's super fun. Uh, Are you telling me to yes. shut up about the 780? You're like, I'll show you. Oh yeah, dude. We're, I, we haven't seen the final bill. We've seen the final like item line item itemized bill for everything. And with delivery and Julia's hospital stay, we're like real close to seven figures. Jeez. Yeah. That's crazy. We're as much in debt. You'll be if you would go to endo. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have to. We have to pay like, you know, that's all fake. We have to pay like thirteen thousand of that or something. That's not terrible. How are uh, how are your your two doing? Uh, well, currently uh, Hudson's our happy baby, um, so that's where we're currently at. And uh, Jameson, if he looks at me, he screams. Mm. Like uncontrollably until until mom grabs him and then he's fine. 
Yeah, he goes back and forth on like who want he is he like is he mama's baby today or is he my baby today? Yeah. On who he wants to scream at. Taylor, you can just start talking whenever you're back and ready. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm on Wi-Fi. We'll see if this does it. <laughs> Sounds good. Sitting, wow. in the, sitting in the parking lot at the office. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I feel bad. Like our podcast is making you go back to work. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm on spring break, so I didn't have to work today. Oh, lucky. Oh, Wait, that's you just take spring, spring break? break? That's a thing? I just take spring break off. Yep. Huh. I have that's three awesome. of my staff members have kids, and so uh. they requested off. And then I'm like, I just want a break. So I just took the whole week off. So how many, uh, like, let's talk about your office. How many, like, ops? How many staff? Um, so I have two assistants, one hygienist, a front desk, and an office manager. Nice. And when I bought it, it had three ops, and I've converted it to five, but one still needs a little bit of love. We just kind of awesome. use it as like triage. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, for emergencies and things like that. Overflow. Yeah. Awesome. Now, are you doing um, a lot of surgery then? Um, I like to do surgery. Um, I've done. We pull a lot of teeth here. We aren't nice. always placing implants. We do quite a few dentures as well, but I do enjoy surgery. I refer out wisdom teeth. I. Ryan, maybe it's you. Maybe maybe it's your fault. Do you want me to leave? No. Okay. Um, I, I did one wisdom tooth today, which was weird. But I did all their wisdom teeth. They just had number one, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and they were saying something like, yeah, this was the one that hurt, but he said, like, you take out the other ones because this one was harder to get to or some weird thing. It's like, huh, mm. yeah, no, mm. we could take it out. You know what they say about one, Paul? Was it? It is the loneliest number. It is. I also, you know, it was weird. I took out a one today. I also <laughs> uh, did an OB filling on <laughs> one today because I'm an <laughs> idiot. That you're gonna say you put a one back in. It took out yeah. a one and I put a one back in. Yeah, I put it in the other guy. I was like, dude, this OB filling is fucked, but I have this perfectly good number one sitting over here from earlier today. We'll just we'll just put this in. Be great. Uh, You'll love it. Only uh, slightly used. Oh that's gross. That is gross. Um so how did you find this practice that you own, Taylor? Did you find it through a consultant or did you No, originally out of residency i went to work with another dentist that was going to sell in a year and mm -hmm. so i started working with her and i signed a non-compete all the things they tell you not to do and then mm -hmm. at a year she was um, moving in the opposite direction and mm -hmm. selling nice. was not looking like it was going to happen at all that was nice for so then I started looking for practices. I worked with um, some brokerage companies, got on their list. They send me the emails every week. And then um, since I went to high school in Snowflake, one of my family friends was seeing the dentist here. And they mentioned to her that he was getting ready to retire. And she got his business card for me. And then I called and it happened fairly quickly. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. 
Uh, why aren't you doing third molars? I just, I don't really like to. Oh, and I don't oh, sedate. That's a good reason. And I don't do sedation. So uh, half the time I'm like, just go be put to sleep and get your four wisdom teeth out. So Yeah, it's great. I said you no. don't do any sedation? Do you have nitrous? Do you have... I do nitrous. That's you it. do nitrous. Okay. I was talking to someone yeah. else the other day that didn't have nitrous, and I thought it might have been you. I don't know. Maybe oh, it was no. Paul. No, I do nitrous. Um, but I'm not very close to a hospital, so I don't want to do the sedation and the dentistry by myself. Sure. So unless I can find an anesthesiologist or something that wants to rotate through the office, I probably won't. Yeah, Craig. <laughs> um, I don't. I'm. I'm with you, Taylor. I don't like to do wisdom teeth either, unless they are one or sixteen interrupted. That was the yeah. only time that I like to do them. Yep, I'll take those. And I've even done lower erupted wisdom teeth, but sometimes I'm like, ugh. I'll just Most of us they have all four. Yeah. 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 I, and I did sedation in my residency. We got our 20 oh, cases. Cool. I could have gone through the steps to become licensed, but I'm actually really glad that I got to see it in residency because I realized I didn't want to do it by myself in a small rural town. Yeah, could you imagine? Uh-uh. Terrible. I don't even want to do it with an anesthesiologist. I would, but like, I don't know. I've never worked on a sleeping person. Sounds scary. Yeah, my OS that comes through, he does it, so I've seen a few, and it's the same kind of thing. It's like, I've seen enough to know that I really don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. So what, uh, so you said you do a lot of extractions, a lot of uh, denture stuff. What's your demographic like? Um, middle class, low income, very blue collar. The best people to work on. Work. Yeah, it's a good population. The people that actually appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say, like, is the, you know, the thing from, like, dental school that you, you know, enjoyed and expanded upon the most and kind of do similar to how we were trained versus, like, something that you're like, I learned this in dental school, it was useless, and now I do it this way. Mm. That's my favorite question. Yeah. Because the correct answer is everything. Yeah. Just kidding. Well, going to residency was actually a good thing because I realized that my program wasn't the worst program. Going and being put in with other residents that came from other schools, there were definitely areas that they were stronger in, but then there were areas that I was stronger in. And I thought, look, I think it's a give and a take with school. Mm -hmm. You're not going to come out of it with absolute knowledge about all of it. And so that was kind of good to see. Yeah. Um, I've really changed how I do root canals. I don't use the same system that we used at OHSU. I took a CE course in California from Dr. Buchanan mm -hmm. and I follow his system much closer, but I do not enjoy root canals. So I don't do a million of them. Mm. Um, I do a lot of bread and butter dentistry, which I'm okay with. What is, uh, uh, what is the, is it called like the Buchanan system or what is his mm -hmm. system? Yep. What, what, how is it different? Cause I don't know about Paul, but I have taken zero endo CE. I'm taking so a little brown system. She's not there. We'll come back to that. Okay. I'm kind of, I was I'm like, very I'm very curious. I just want definitely one of the things on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I've done like just a tiny bit and more like on CBCT interpretation for endo is kind of like the CE that I've done. 
The sure. art of minimal, minimally invasive. Ugh, man, I can't talk. Endodontics course, Dr. Stephen Buchanan. So I was just looking up his uh, his thing. You're sure can do, yeah, can do that. I don't know. My, my whole endo thing is I just choose endo that's really fucking easy. I know you're like more of an endo wizard than I am. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm an endo wizard. Um, no, no, you just... sat close to Skyler and some of it rubbed, rubbed <laughs> off. I think. He wasn't my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so tell us about how the Buchanan system is different, Taylor. Um, well, with like Wave 1, you figure out your file and you basically just use one file. But mm -hmm. with the Buchanan system, it has different tapers. So there's like an 04 and 06 taper and you step up through the system. It's mm -hmm. very similar. It's just mm -hmm. a little bit different. And his irrigation is a little bit I hmm. felt like compared to what I was taught in OHSU, he stresses irrigation way more. Mm -hmm. So I set, leave the irrigation in the tooth and let it sit for 20 minutes and then come back and flush it and leave it in there again another 20 minutes and come back and flush it. Hmm. So just a little bit, me. yeah, a little bit more in depth than I feel like what I got in school. Sure. I do 10 with my EDTA, but the setting up part just sits while well I'm working, essentially. I didn't know we were supposed to irrigate. <laughs> uh, not with your own saliva, Paul. Oh, my bad. My bad. Um, so, Endo, it seems like you, you've gone quite a different way from. What about, like, I don't know. What do you think, like, OHSU taught you well on? You were saying, like, you felt ahead of some of the other residents. Same question, Ryan. Uh, what did I feel like I was at on the residence? Um, you know, honestly, like I took dental, I think I've said this on here before, but I took dental school for what it was. And I knew that I had a really poor patient load and I knew that I wasn't going to be super proficient in, in most things when I got out. Um, mm -hmm. so I feel like I had to learn everything from scratch when I started. Like I, I knew what I was supposed to do, but as far as the the processes and the way I do things. I mean, I, I do fillings the same way, but I don't do crowns the same way. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I take it. I take alginate impressions the exact same way we did in, uh, in tunnel <laughs> school. Not at all. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> we use the scanner. Um. Did I? You loop? Did you lose me on that answer? Yes. Yeah, so what lost. do you feel like you were ahead on? I was ahead on like restorative aspects. Gotcha. Little things like bevels and techniques with matrices and different things like that. Sometimes the residents would come in, uh, my co-residents would come in and be like, I just, one of the attendings showed me this. And I was like, oh, I, I know that, you know? So <laughs> there were definitely some restorative things that I felt like I was ahead of them. And you That's were you were in feeling. steel, right? Yeah, yeah. Go steel. Taylor's my steel mate for life. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you were on the ninth ninth floor, I feel like yeah, you you had that. Yeah. Uh, in case in case people aren't familiar with the OHSU dental school, it's on it's split on the two floors, the eighth floor and the ninth floor. So Paul Taylor and I were all on the good floor the and the bad floor, floor, which is the well, the right right floor being. 
So Taylor, um, kind of going back through like some of our old, I'm just scrolling uh, old messages that we got. Our listenership is about 60% female. And we did get uh, the question a while back about, you know, having female dentists on that can kind of speak to, you know, being a female in dentistry and, and, and things of that nature. What, what can you tell our listeners? There is still surprisingly discrimination towards female dentists and lots of male dentists are really surprised to hear that. When, when I went to my residency in the VA, it was in the deep South as well. And so there were many patients that didn't want a female dentist. And so I would walk into the room and they would be like, Oh, do I have to see her? (laughs) Which was shocking to me. Um, And usually it only took a couple appointments and then I could win them over because I am more gentle and I have smaller hands and they all make comments about that. Um, so there still is some discrimination. I learned to stand my ground pretty quickly and just stand up for myself and say, um, yep, you can take it or leave it. You can see somebody else. I'm not keeping you here against your will, like whatever you want. Um, sometimes I get a lot of sexist comments and a lot of, nasty comments made towards me about things and i've had to really stand my ground and just say we don't speak like that here you can go somewhere else um but overall usually once i see somebody then they're all very kind and and it's a good experience and i haven't had a lot of pushback after that Um, that's good is that similar to in your own practice or is that more so in residency more so in residency, it still does happen in practice. Um, before I bought my office and I was working, um, I was working for that other dentist. And then I was also working, filling in at another office in a different town because I worked part-time kind of in both. And mm-hmm. there were a couple of times where that o- other office I worked in, there was um, a male that owned it and he had a male associate. And then I came in and filled in. And there were a couple of times that people requested not to see the female dentist. Um, And he didn't have any tolerance for that. He was also my cousin, which was really nice. Um, Mm -hmm. But he just said, no, you can see the dentist that is available or you don't have to come here. So he really stood up for me, which was really nice. But that did happen a couple of times. In my own practice, not as much because I feel like my face is on the website (laughs) my name is everywhere so if you walk in the door and you don't know i'm a female you kind of missed quite a few things coming in so i've not had that experience since owning that's good i mean those are some good skills that you learn like standing up for yourself and standing your ground because i feel like that's like i'm not even really good at that so i mean i feel like that's an, an invaluable lesson unfortunately i had to come at the cost of you know, sexism, but, um, but, but it, it I mean, good. it was good that it happened to me at residency where yeah. my income was not based upon it. Right. And they couldn't write a horrible review online. Like I was really protected by the institution. And so that was actually really good because I kind of learned how to appropriately say it, how to nip things in the bud and just move on without the fear of retaliation in like a public setting, you know? 100%. But since owning, I haven't had, I don't think I've had a single issue. Yeah, but I I think more, more what I was going towards is like, 
managing a staff and like standing up for yourself and standing up for like your vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's, I don't know. You got to grow a backbone where a lot of us didn't. Yeah. And that's actually really come in handy with staff. Um, I mean, we have biannual reviews where I meet one-on-one with each team member and we go through anything they need to improve on, anything that's going really well. They can also bring critiques of me and the practice and our systems. Um, And I've learned to just be really straightforward, which I wasn't always so good at. I tend to be a people pleaser. And so I've learned to just kind of people can't read your mind you just got to say it and you just got to do it and it also really helps sometimes i have a hard time with all of the comments of how much dentistry costs people will say things and i've learned to really just be like sorry that's the price you know and like walk away Mm -hmm. um which in the beginning that's hard it's hard to kind of set your price set your boundary set your rules and i've learned a lot over the last couple years about that yeah um Taylor, I've got a really good article that I'll send you, Paul. I can also send it to you so you can put it in the, I don't know, show notes or thing. Um, but it's from a doctor in England um, who's talking about the cost of dentistry and um, how the most undervalued thing in a, den- in a dental office is the skills of the dentist. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was kind of eye-opening to me that even in like other countries, it's something that they deal with like that complaint as well. Um, so I'll send you that. It was, it was a really good article. Cool. Yeah. I'd like to read it. So another uh, kind of question that, that we got a while back is Ryan and I have not been overly aggressive with like paying student loans and we've been accused of not being stressed out about student loans, which isn't normal. <laughs> um, so how are you doing with student loans? What's your plan? Are you stressed out about it? Um, COVID was an unfortunate thing for the country, but it really benefited me student loan wise. Oh yeah. So that first year out of school, when I was in residency, I did income based repayment and I think mm-hmm. I paid $150 a month or something pithy like that. So it wasn't a big deal. And then with the deferment, I have not paid anything since. So, so just sat for, how long have we been out of school? Four years pretty four much. Four years. Right? Yeah, we're yep. coming up on being we're out longer home. than we were in, I think. Yeah. Yeah, a couple months. That's well, good. See, we are not abnormal. Taylor isn't stressed either. Yeah. No. Nope, they get paid. We met with Um, our financial advisor the other day, and he said, "Um, you should probably start taking care of these. Okay, fine. My accountant always tells me to pay something else when I ask him about it, but I already got rid of, like, some of the higher interest ones. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like Taylor. I actually had income based repayment and a zero dollar payment our first year out and didn't pay anything and I still have not paid anything. So Ryan almost me? made yes. so little money that they actually started giving him money as student loan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need this more than we do. Here you go. 
Um, what's something that you wish you would have uh, done while you were still a student? While you were still a student. Ooh, something I wish I would have done while I was still a student. Yeah, this is kind of this is kind of like like Ryan Loop, CE while you were in school. You were in school. No. I have a lot of rap. I have a lot of Sorry. Rap. Sorry. <laughs> no. I'm glad I didn't do CE in school. I don't know. I maybe would have like um, shadowed the specialty departments a little bit more. Do you have disappointments you didn't specialize or just so you could see more? Just so I could see more because I felt like there are some areas that I just did not get a lot of exposure mm -hmm. in dental school. I just didn't have that patient base come through that I wish maybe I would have gone to the pediatric residents and watched them a little bit more or the endodontic residents and just shadowed and watched them or assisted them a little bit more just so I could have had a little bit more exposure. But I don't really regret that because in dental school, sometimes you're just surviving and going and watching more isn't always really very appealing. Yeah, that's very true. I don't know. I bought loops when I was a resident, so I still got a good deal. I got okay. upgraded ones okay. with a higher mag. I don't know. I've got to be really honest. My memory of dental school is not great. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've blocked out most of it. What? When would you say it's repressed? Yeah, I all the time will be like, oh, dental school wasn't that bad. And my husband will be like, you have just blocked it out. You yeah. don't remember. <laughs> yes. So like all the little details of things, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I can't remember what I did. <laughs> Good. Feels like a long time ago. It was you like did a long plan time. an entire golf an tournament. golf tournament. Oh, thank That's you. Better. That's better. That was fun. I actually sponsor every golf tournament down here, and Jordan and I go play in them. That's awesome. That's awesome. How is Jordan? How is Jordan? He's good. What's he up to these days? days? Um, well, we bought the practice, and we bought his grandparents' old home at the same time, and they were both built in 1960. So That's we have spent the last year renovating both places, and we just moved into our house about two months ago. And so he has done that pretty much. Awesome. That's cool that you have a husband and handle. Yeah, he, all of the like dental rep companies, like I work through Benco mostly, they want to hire him to be the repair guy up here because they have to send people from Phoenix. Hmm. And so dentists are always paying the drive time and they're mad about the fees and stuff like that. And so they wanted to hire Jordan, but the company said he had to be in Phoenix so many days a week. And he was like, I'm not doing that. So he just repairs my stuff. <laughs> nice. Which is nice. And then you're paying for it. Yeah, he's the facilities manager. That's his official title. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Works out. Yeah. So when you're not so doing, you're doing, doing a... When I'm not doing what? Dentistry, like Dentistry. what are you like? What do we do for fun? What do we do for fun? Oh, Paul is Snowflake, Arizona, buddy. <laughs> um, there's a town like 30 minutes away. You can go to the movies, go out to eat. Um, we have a side by side off road vehicle. We go out and ride that. Um, that's about it. 
I need to work a little more at the work-life balance, but with renovating both places and being open full-time, we've, we've like worked a lot this last year. So hopefully this next one, we have a little bit more free time. What's full-time at work? Full-time at work. Um, we do Monday through Thursday, eight to five. That's not bad. That's not bad. No, but then I spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday, putting in can lights and painting and new cabinets and stuff like that. No, my, so down here, rodeo is really big and like 4-H is really big and stuff like that. And I always tease that my only goal in life is to raise kids that don't do 4-H. <laughs> if we can get by without doing that, I will be really happy. Okay, Taylor, we're okay, going to get we're gonna Reddit. We're going we're gonna to pull a question off of Reddit. And okay. we can go to a forum called Ask Dentists or the one called Dental School, Dental which School. you don't remember. So it could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So which, which one do you want to do? Dental School. Man, all these. Oh, okay. Here's an interesting one. I don't fully know what this means, but what is the most Chad shit you've ever seen a dental student do? For entertainment purposes, what is the most baller Chad thing story you've seen a dental student do in dental school that just blew you away? Can we put that in English? Yeah, I don't know what a Chad is. I've heard the term. A Chad is like a, a bro. Okay. Like a frat boy, jock. That's a Chad. Okay. Okay. And baller is good, right? So what's the most baller Chad thing you saw someone do in dental school? <laughs> I just can't get over that question. <laughs> oh. Uh. I don't know what can can you guys think of anything? I have zero idea. I, I still can't get over the question. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I thought it would be something different. All these are about like <laughs> they're just not. Sometimes the dental school form is really sad. I'm sure you did some really Chad stuff. What about that time, like when? Thomas walked in like 30 minutes late and the lecturer was lecturing and he just walked right in front of them. Is that, is that Chad shit? Is that a thing? No, I think Chad shit would be like when Ian didn't prepare for a presentation and then <laughs> <took like> an <laughs> <idiot>. <laughs> that, that. that would be Chad shit. Oh, that was sad. whoever asked that question baller to them is probably like, you know, no, I, I think fuck. if that if that presentation was good, the Chad shit would have been when he told Dr. Garakoa to stop texting during it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that is probably true. Okay, oh. Did you guys hear what my I, I think I know what the most Chad thing was. All right. OK, tell us. Do you remember when two guys in the lecture hall fought over the chair and wrestled down the stairs? Oh. I totally yeah. forgot about that. I'm not going to drop names, but that's the most Chad thing I think I saw. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know... Because yeah, we were grown adults. <laughs> yeah, grown adults. Were we? <sighs> okay, Paul, did you find another question? Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for one. Oh, yeah, I did, oh. actually. No, it's right here. Because uh, I thought this was, was worked out. How are you picking where to practice after school? I live in Arizona and have always wanted to live in Colorado, but we've got family here that we love spending time with. The cost of living is cheaper and there's more need for dentists. 
what factors are you taking into account for where to start up after school? What do you think is most important and how do you go about researching those factors? So you talked about that a little bit, so I figured this would be a good Taylor question. Mm -hmm. um, I initially out, so I'm from Arizona, went to school in Oregon. I initially did not want to come back to Arizona. Um, and that's why I did the residency because I was like, ah, I don't know where to go. Um, but then ultimately living by family became the highest priority. Um, we had some deaths in the family. We have some people we need to take care of. Every holiday we went home because that's what you did on your time off. And so I never felt like I got to go anywhere else. And so ultimately I knew after residency that I needed to come back to Arizona. And so that became the most important factor to me. And then um, living in a small town or rural town, I think there's really great opportunity to step in and have cash flow pretty quickly. And so that's what we looked for and it ended up working out. Awesome. So I do think those things are important. Sure, Colorado might be great, might be fun, but if you've never lived there, one, you don't really know that. Two, the grass is not always greener on the other side. I learned that from moving to other big cities and other big places that, hey, my little podunk town in Arizona is not so bad, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And once you buy a practice, you usually live there for a long time. <laughs> At least 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. making sure you know it and you like it, I think is important. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I was also told one of those things like you were talking about, you know, taking spring break off. It's like I feel like when you know an area and kind of know how flows go, because I kind of take some time off in December because I might as well because it's dead anyway. You know, you yeah. kind of know those things where you might not know that somewhere else. Yeah. I was told in dental school, figure out figure out where you want to live and make your focus like fit that. Like make your career fit where you want to live. But that's very opposite of what some coaches will recommend. Sure. I, so hired like, a, I hired a coach my first year, and he was the exact opposite. He moved where there was good demographics, practice potential, income. Mm -hmm. He moved to that, and that was more important to him, and he's done very, very well. And I kind of picked the opposite. It was a little yeah. bit harder, a little bit of a grind to find. I mean, it eventually almost felt like it fell in my lap, but I looked for a year and a half. You know, so that's just going to, you're just going to have to pick what's more important to you. Yeah, sure. That's how I got my practice is the, the guy that owned it before me uh, followed that mantra and moved uh, to Pranville without really knowing anything about it. And his family was not happy there. So he ended up selling very quickly. Yeah. Um, so I guess it just depends on the person you are too, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned uh, that you paid for a coach your first year, and I'm assuming that was your first year post-residency? No. So that first oh. year post-residency, I was an associate, and I worked part-time in two offices. And then I came and bought my practice. And so I hired a coach when I bought my practice. And how, how was that whole experience? Did you feel like you got your money's worth, all that good stuff? Um, I wish I would have waited. Be every situation I think is different, but in my situation, the retiring doc had slowed down um, so much that there was a lot of backlog work to do. And so the first six months, I honestly wasn't super concerned with 
um, holes in the schedule, low production, I had a backlog of it to work through. And so the first six months, I don't really feel like I got my money worth. And then as things started to slow down, then I felt like he was more helpful. So I almost wish I would have waited probably six months or even a year and then hired the coach. But I feel like that kind of depends on what size of practice you're going into also makes a difference because the practice I bought was really, really tiny. Mm. So I never even thought about hiring a coach. What does a, what does a coach do for you, Taylor? Like how do they, how is a coach? Yeah. A coach you? was really um, just helpful as a sounding board. You could ask him a bunch of questions because that first year you're figuring out so much of the business aspect mm -hmm. of it that I did not have a lot of training on. And mm -hmm. so just little things about um, taxes and accountants and structuring my entity and things like that, he was helpful for. Um, and then also he really went through like practice indicators. We went through production, collections, new patients, um, daily goals, things like that, and kind of helped teach me what I should be looking for to make sure that this boat is floating and on the right track. Okay, cool. I liked it. I wish I would have waited. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, I did like it. Was it like a hire him until you don't need him anymore? Was it? Like I did a year contract. You could do a six-month yeah. contract or you could do a year contract. And so I did a year and he offered to continue it, but I didn't feel like I was getting quite enough for what I was paying and so mm -hmm. I just did the one year nice well tell you what I am running into the I gotta take Jensen out of the swing and that's gonna start a screaming hey. fit until I feed him <laughs> so we're, we're probably gonna have to have to uh, cut here but um what is like music wise what's like a, a song that you really like Music wise, we we put a, a song at the end of the podcast. I usually pick just really bizarre shit from my childhood, but <laughs> um, hey, Paul, I really you? like Love Shack.
Oh, yeah.